0: Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com
1: or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you. Hey, thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. This is Katie, HRN Executive Director, and I'm so excited to share with you our coverage from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. We are here live today at Charleston Wine and Food. Join us as we talk all things food, Come to Charleston, eat some seafood. Eat all of the seafood. Chicken fried chicken with chorizo steak and salsa verde mashed potatoes. So quintessentially like Southern fare at its finest. And have important conversations. We're also talking about professional women in restaurants and how underrepresented they are. People of color in restaurants and how they're not talked about. We get real with Food Network's Manit Chohan. Balance is BS. <laughs> uh, I, 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 was, yeah, I was told that uh, I wasn't going to be bleeped out. And find out about raising sugarcane with chef Sean Brock.
2: It's like being Indiana Jones or something. You never know what you're going to find.
1: You'll come away inspired by the power of food and the food scene in Charleston. Here's Dr. Jessica B. Harris.
3: Food is constantly in flux. Food is always moving.
2: Food is the only real lingua franca that we have that allows us to connect with other folks
1: so tune in to heritage radio network on tour at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you get your podcasts you can't go wrong
3: Hello, Internet Radio. You are listening to Recommended Reading with Food Book Fair. I'm Amanda
2: Dell. And I'm Kimberly Chow. We're the co-hosts of Recommended Reading. We're also the co-directors of Food Book Fair, a series of events that celebrates writing about eating and all that there is in and around food media. We're really excited to be hosting the show where we bring on friends and family in and around food and media to talk about what they're reading, watching, and listening to. Later on, we'll be joined by Mac Malikowski, the handsome genius behind Mouthfeel magazine, a pioneering gay food magazine that we love that has participated in Articles for many years and was just recently included in a story all about Articles our favorite food periodicals in the New York Times last week, in case you missed it. So, Kim, what is on your nightstand, your Netflix queue? Beyond just reading this one newspaper story and, like, folding it under my pillow every night. (laughs) What? No, what? Pray tell. What newspaper article are you talking about? We were just in the New York Times, Amanda. Ah, right. The New York (laughs) Times. Um, The Grey Lady. Um, In case y'all missed it, and we have been posting about it a lot because we're proud, but also mostly we're really proud of the amazing folks that this story is really about. There was a piece, uh, the section front of the New York Times food and dining section last week by Tejal Rao about the independent food magazines of this generation and the stories folks are telling and why they're telling them and how they're telling them, including many of our friends that make magazines and participate in foodie articles and food book fair, including Whetstone, Compound Butter, Cherry Bomb, Jari, Mouthfeel. In
3: case you missed it, Foodie Articles is our fair within the fair. It's um, an event that brings together all the editors and makers behind Foodie Articles, independent food magazines, um, and they all get to have a table, show their magazines, meet each other, and consumers and lovers of Foodie Articles get to meet those behind the magazine. So it's a really special event, and we look forward to having it grow more and more.
2: We just had it in L.A. for the very first time at Smorgasburg, Los Angeles, after our panels and talks at Ace Hotel Downtown L.A. for Food Book Fair back in March. Hopefully we'll be announcing a New York date very, very soon, so stay tuned for that. Um, Beyond obsessing over (laughs) the independent food magazine scene, I've been watching Atlanta,
3: you know, I still can't get into this show, but I'm feeling
2: inspired you by gotta, your pick. You gotta, you gotta watch it. It's available on Hulu. It's also available on various uh, streaming and torrenting sites, which I was never <laughs> familiar with until I really decided I wanted to to watch season two and. Now my computer is filled with spam and I was like reading recaps online about Van and Mm. Ern's relationship and I'm so in my feelings about it because it's so toxic, but I want them to be together, but I know they shouldn't be. The writing is really good. The acting is really good. I highly recommend it. You went deep, it sounds like. I watched two seasons in less than a week, (laughs) just so it's kind of like when you have a a box of Pop Tarts or cereal yeah. or something, or there's like the last cookie at the. So you gotta like finish the box of Girl Scout cookies so you aren't tempted to eat more. So, but there's another episode dropping on Thursday and I can't wait. It's all about Darius. You're such a binger. I'm a saver.
3: I like to like savor the episodes and like I have them so I can look forward to something like, oh, tonight I'll watch this episode. I don't like watching so
2: many in a row, but hey. It's like I read books in the same way. I just need—I just like need to know more about these people. I know they're not real people; they're fictional, <laughs> but I'm so invested in them now. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been—that's uh, what I've been up to. Great, love a good television recommend from you. Yeah, um, and I also am reading. It's National National Poetry Month, so I've been reading "There Are More Beautiful Things Than Beyoncé" by Morgan Parker, which uh, we had the pleasure of going to her book talk at BAM last year. Uh, and just revisiting that, because I saw someone posted about it online, and it's an amazing collection. She's coming out with a collection of nonfiction soon, so I'm oh. getting ready for that. So crazy. I actually picked that up from my
3: shelf over the past couple really? days. Really? Yeah. Is that, is that on your list? Yeah, it's always on my list. I, I wanted to, as you said, revisit it. So it's, uh, it's on my nightstand right now. What else are you reading? Oh, I'm just, before I get into that, I'm just trying to make spring happen here in New York. It's been pretty brutal. We had some April snow, and we're having a cold rain shower today. So
2: Sometimes it snows in April.
3: Yep. Well, we're just really, hopefully, getting some spring soon. So, I was uh, doing a little drinking over the past couple of days at my Passover Seder, And I also had the pleasure of going to Four Horsemen, a natural wine bar and restaurant in Williamsburg. And then I got inspired to pick a book off my shelf. It's called Natural Wine, an Introduction to Organic and Biodynamic Wines Made Naturally. And it's by Isabel LeGeron. She is the founder of Raw Wine, um, a festival that travels from London to New York, think they hit up the West Coast is Berlin, um, Los Angeles, you know, West Coast. And I just have have become more interested in natural wine lately. Also, we had um, we had Jennifer on our show. Jennifer from, Green from yeah, Blue Glue Magazine. Yes. Um, and I kept thinking about a lot of the things she said. And it's just... I want to know more, even though natural wine itself is really such a problematic term and Isabel addresses it in this book. Um, And I, you know, know from my past life that reading about wine is great and an important part of your education, but also
2: tasting is important as well. Are there natural wines for Passover? (laughs) Is there kosher for Passover Low intervention wines.
3: <laughs> that's actually a great question. My uh, Seder is pretty much as uh, as uh, relaxed as you can get. So our wines definitely didn't have to be kosher for Passover. I went so. to a surprise
2: <laughs> Seder on Friday where we read from the Huffington Post Haggadah. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that version before. There were a lot of pictures in it. Oh, that's cool. I, I got to do the part about the plagues, though, which is my favorite.
3: You, you I got read to the read plagues. all 10? Yes. Oh. Sweet. Um, so anyway, this book is, you know, really, really informative. There's also a lot of great photos. It covers, um, you know, things such as what is the definition of natural wine, is if there is one. History of, quote unquote, natural wine. Hot profiles of different winemakers. And an ever important chapter on the orange wines, mm. which I think are definitely having a moment. So I'm going to keep reading and keep drinking. Hopefully not in that order. Orange wine, a.k.a.
2: skin contact, which I feel is like very Mouthfeel (laughs) humor to me. Ah. Which is a good opportunity for us to bring on Mr. Malakowski, the creator of Mouthfeel magazine. Hi, Mac. Welcome. Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Welcome to
3: Recommended Reading.
0: I couldn't be happier to be here.
3: Amazing. And congrats on your newest issue. Of Mouthfeel. It's in the wild. It's a mm-hmm. Mexico City
0: issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took a lot of work, so I'm really happy to see it <laughs> um, come to fruition. But yeah, we made it happen, and it was a lot of moving parts, but it's out there. Yeah, you can buy it on our website, and a couple of retailers we can talk about later, I guess.
2: Cool. We can't wait to dive into it, but first, uh, what what are you watching, reading, listening um,
0: to? Are you guys watching American Crime Story?
3: What, you the, mean the OJ?
0: Oh, no, no, the assassination of Johnny Versace. Oh, <laughs> no. no, no, you can say no. But my it's college like
2: classmate is Andrew Cunanan. I mean, who plays Andrew Cunanan. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah, what's his name? Back up. Darren Chris. He's great good. actor. He's great a great really actor. good actor. Go blue.
0: And he, um, th- I love this show, actually. Well, I mean, I love it. I watched the whole thing, but... Um, there's just one part I just want to note for everyone is that in the in the fictional series there's a lot of sort of embellishment mm-hmm. around his story although a lot of it's really true. I mean there's
2: around Versace's story.
0: Actually, it's so funny because the story is about Andrew. Andrew Kinnanen. Kinnanen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Versace and Penelope Cruz um, as Donatello Versace is my Halloween costume by the way. I'm calling it now. Okay. but there's this. <laughs> there's also a part. In it. I won't wear
2: that. I won't <laughs> go to the same party as you. I'll be Ricky Martin's character.
0: Oh, finally, somebody but there's a part in it where they're um they have these they send out these police sketches and it's like a really bad composite of <laughs> Andrew Conan in, in a ba- in a bad bad wig <laughs> but it was in the 90s so they must have done it in like ms paint or something cuz there's just like a red <laughs> rectangle around his lips to like simulate lipstick and i thought it like, was so crazy i took a screenshot and sent it to everybody but then um, i watched the documentary cuz i was so fascinated with the whole story and they show you the actual composite and it's somehow worse <laughs> It's this, like, frumpy, like, black wig. Anyway, you watch it, or at least watch one of the documentaries. But
2: I think... What are the documentaries that you are I think I watched
0: to? the... You know, like, they always have these names that are, like, The Man Who Killed This Gianni Versace right. or something, you know? And they're, like, Biography is on a PBS. Or, mm-hmm. Anyway, but they're just, like, ways for me to, like, continue to explore this story of this f- series right. that just seems like so absurd but um i love it and i, I can't tell if it's like really good for gay culture or really bad for it but I love either way it's fun
3: i love how there's like the american crime story version and then there's like the documentary version like that happened with the oj it's like oj and then yeah, there exactly. was like the ezra edelman yeah. espn documentary mm-hmm. that's like
0: i think they're all just capitalizing on the sensation well Great they got they got timing, me everybody. you know i mean they're like Right. I want to know everything. Anyway, the next one's Tupac, so you can tell me.
2: <gasps> but we seem to have Whoa. similar heavy consumption habits where it's just oh, yeah, like looking for more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: that one was funny because usually, you know, like yourself, I'll, I'll watch a series after it's been premiered. This mm-hmm. one, I have to like wait each week, you know, mm. like what's going to happen. Also,
3: when I watch those crime shows, I, I think about what would happen if the crime occurred today, like yeah, in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have so much, our... our like DNA forensic testing is just so much more sophisticated. Oh, There's totally. cell phones. It, like it, it would have been totally mm-hmm. different.
0: Well, this one's interesting because they talk about how you know a lot of the first couple murders associated with this string of murders that ended in Gianni Versace is that you know a lot of people didn't even care because they were just kind of poor, poor gay people. You know, the police mm-hmm. like didn't think to investigate it. You know, or at least connect it to crimes of similar nature because they just were like, you know, it was the mid '90s, so people were like or early '90s. I guess gay people were dying left and right, which is too bad, but um and then otherwise i loved and i wanted to see if it's um still up is that david hockney exhibition at the met
2: i think it just closed oh shiza
0: it's really good it was so good there was this part at the end where he like they they released some like paintings he did like on an ipad you know he's mm-hmm. still living in palm springs probably but he um <laughs> you know he and he did these great illustrations on an ipad it was like this sort of like um, like a band coming back together, yeah. you know. It's like the Rolling Stones are like in like wheelchairs and stuff, you know. But it's like it was really cool for, to see like someone who's really, really contemporary art. It's really nice. But I didn't see gone. that show. <laughs> Me either. So Ooh. good. <clears throat> anyway, next time, David um, Bowie show. I, haven't, I have tickets, but I, don't, I haven't seen it yet.
2: I live across the street. I, I need <laughs> You're to there. go.
0: You're like peering through the window.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what
3: can I see from <laughs> outside? Yeah, you got like high powered binoculars. You could probably just view
0: the show I'm in your totally own time. you that $12. <laughs> <laughs> no. Suggested
3: donation. Yeah, exactly. We want to support Brooklyn Museum. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then I guess the third thing I'm most anticipating is the next Shaw Day night, ladies. Okay. When are we going dancing, yeah. man?
2: Second or third Thursday of every month.
0: Or it's gotta be like every other month because there's no way it's like because there wasn't one this one. I think he's no, no, up.
2: there was one. Oh, no. we, we, we
0: saw each other. Oh, there, there was one. Yeah, <laughs> in March. Was That's... it in March already? Yeah.
2: Wow. That was like three weeks ago.
0: All right, that was before we went to Mexico. I guess so. It sounds so, like it's
2: we're due for a Sade visit. Yeah, we're due for another For line. listeners that aren't privy, can you tell us what Sade night is?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's a night um, that is sort of comedically confused as a night where Sade performs, <laughs> which would be genius. <laughs> she, like plays like a dive bar in Williamsburg, <laughs> you know? But it's actually just a night where John McSwain, mm-hmm. who's a DJ who does vac- AKA vac- vacations. vacations, right? He does this great mix of... Um, 80s and 90s and 2000s music including obviously a lot of Sade and a lot of Sade remixes and um, versions of songs you haven't heard before and for somebody like me and I think um, Miss Chow herself who can't get enough Sade no matter what. (laughs) You know, and so like this night in particular is comfortable and cozy and everybody's beautiful and and, uh, I can't wait for the next one. Yeah,
3: the first time I went to it I was really struck by how much it reminded me of going out when i was much much younger oh in new york interesting because um, i th- i feel like ordinarily when you enter a social situation like a dj'd party in mm. new york it's very specific like this is a party for people in their 20s right this is a party for people who like listening to you know 90s like top you know and it seems like also the aesthetic is not very varied mm-hmm. but when I went to Shaday, it kind of also there was a little bit of a glamour that I wasn't mm. expecting like the projection people of, that dress
2: up like Shade
0: oh right, totally the
3: projection of the hologram setting mm. the mood um, but it all if the, I don't this is the only way I can describe it that also spoke to me is that it felt very innocent mm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't super produced and branded and marketed and
0: packaged. Yeah,
3: it's just like come whether you're, twenty one or
0: eighty one. Totally, and I th- and the music is amazing. So if you just go there and can have a drink, it's a little expensive, but that's New York. If you can have a drink and listen to like music for an hour, I mean, I can't think of a better like night out.
3: Yeah, I think I went with my backpack once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. They have
2: they have check there. Oh. They have co check, <laughs> uh, but that's covers horrible. free. It's a great party. The tunes are great. Mm-hmm. There is also um, uh, a vibrant community on John McSwain's Instagram page and Facebook, where there's a public group for Sade Night Lovers in New York, where there are a lot of comments, including people wondering if Shady is going to perform live yeah. every <laughs> single month. It comes up, which delights me.
0: I know, totally. Can you imagine? Oh, I think she's due for a performance. She's I going. Think she's she's going, going to do well, a show
2: off. Yeah, she just would show off. Can you imagine? <laughs>
0: be really Forget crazy. It.
2: Uh, what do you think of her new song on the Wrinkle in Time soundtrack? Flower of the it's Universe?
0: Good. Yeah, I mean, she can do kind of no wrong to me, but yeah, I was, I mean, I'd love a whole album. That's all. You know, like okay. a soundtrack song, cool. Like, I'll, I can I can milk it for a while, but, you know, I need an album from her. No. Sade, if you're listening, yeah, Mac is yeah, Shade, waiting Shade, for Shade, a full- International singing sensation Sade, <laughs> if you're listening- um, no, she, you know, it's funny, we always say, you know, especially with gay culture, we always joke that there's, like, you're a type of gay. You're, like, a Madonna gay or a Britney gay or a, you know, what Rihanna gay, Beyonce gay. But oh, we, this you know, is interesting. Yeah, yeah, so we we have long-branded Mouthfeel's community as a Day gay. It just sounds Ooh, better, but well, also, right. I mean, she's sad and eloquent and um, alternative and, you know, does not subscribe to the mainstream. I mean, she's just kind of everything, you know, we want to be.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get into all of what that is Uh after we take a quick break. All right. Um, So we're just going to let the, uh, let, (laughs) I don't know what I was going to say. I'm saying we are going to take a quick break Mm. and then we will be back with Mac Malikowski. He's the creator of Mouthfeel Magazine, it's a foodie article at the
2: intersection of food and gay culture. Perfect. So we're going to take to break because this is a nonprofit radio station, Heritage Radio Network, home to our show and dozens more, all about food uh, and beverage and all the things involved in that. And you can go to heritageradionetwork.com. Just kidding. It's heritageradionetwork.org because we're a nonprofit And we are a member-supported station. And we would love your love and support to keep all of us on air, to keep talking about good things like Sade and farm labor and school food we'll talk to you in a little bit guys. Oh, we're back. This is Kimberly Chow. And I'm Amanda Dell. We are the co-hosts of Recommended Reading with Food Book Fair, a show about what we're reading, watching, and listening to with awesome people in and around the food and media worlds. Speaking of which, we are joined in the studio
3: by Mac Malakowski. He is the creator of Mouthfeel magazine, one of our favorite foodie articles.
2: Welcome. Thanks again. And (laughs) (laughs) happy to have you with us. Mac has in studio today, and it's also out available in the wild for fans and new fans. The new issue of Mouthfeel, issue number four, which is the Mexico City issue.
3: Woo! Yay! Collective (laughs) clapping is Um, happening. Just came out a couple weeks ago. Mac is flipping through his own magazine Mm. and showing us some of the greatest hits in there Ooh, and there's a full page spread i see mm-hmm. lots of spread, full page spread is the operative word yes here. um so let's back up for a minute or two yeah quickly how how long has mouthfeel been uh around mm. and what planted the idea in your brain and how did you make it happen
0: mm. Well, we, so we actually, um, starting at the inception, we premiered at food book fair in 2015. Ah. So it, was just, it was a spring affair Okay,
3: and, um,
0: <laughs> through, um, Thacker Jones. Um, and, um, that, you know, I think leading up to the food book fair, I wasn't expecting a lot because I just needed a hobby as kind of working in food and media. Um, <clears throat> not really like finding a lot of interest in my day. So I thought, oh, I will do like a little small project. So. I thought oh we'll just do um we'll interview a couple food people who are gay and just get their sort of this sort of like you know gay perspective on their their job so this was Renato Polifito and Tyler Boring who had been Mm -hmm. on Top Chef and had this like that story ended up being kind of interesting because between his time on Top Chef and the time Mouthfield came out he had this like you know this sort of fall from grace and this like coming back and it was kind of an interesting way to catch up with him after that it was like a it was like a Bravo kind of recap almost, you know. <laughs> and then we just threw in a, one more, one third story. And then <clears throat> I was just going to go up to Food Book Fair and see who wanted to buy it for however much they thought it was worth. So it wasn't until I connected with um, a designer friend, Diego Moravia, who offered to really produce it with me, you know. And um, he was working for another agency at the time, mm-hmm. advertising agency, and they um, they really helped push it along. So that was sort of our, you know. Save a Kickstarter account that was like our real, like, kind of kickstart into the, into the world. Um, so, after Food Book Fair, I mean, we had such a great, re- you know, release. We had we sold tons of copies and it realized, you know, we realized that people wanted this kind of interesting alternative perspective on a food media magazine. So, we just kept it pushing. We had uh, an issue about the West Coast, followed by an issue about all about coffee, which mm. really was really, really textured and really cool. And then, this, this issue that we just came out with is all about Mexico City and it was kind of an accident. Mm. Um, I had gone to Mexico city to write some other issues and then realized how cool Mexico city. Can I swear on this by the way? Yeah, definitely (laughs) feel (laughs) free. How fucking cool in Mexico city was. It was so beautiful and the the food was amazing. And every person you met was just so creative and doing things on like a shoestring. And I mean a shoestring, you know what I mean? Like I say mouthfeel works on a shoestring, but these people, these artists and food people are just like doing, making something out of nothing, which was, I thought was such an amazing spirit that I was really attracted to. So, we met enough people and connected with enough people that we had we could fill up this magazine with a lot of with art and recipes and and interesting photography and um, so I'm really proud of it. So thanks for having me.
2: So glad yeah. to have a radio <laughs> premiere. Of this. I know, right? Yeah. Totally. Um, and I also love Mexico City. Isn't it amazing? It's amazing and inspiring and really generous of spirit. Yeah, of totally. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the folks that you ended up working with?
0: Yeah, I mean, we have, I'd like to start with the cover because it's this um, amazing painting. There's this fine art painter named, named Fabian Chavez, who should be just the most famous painter in the world. But we'll, she'll get there. He'll she's get, starting we, with Mouthfeel. Yeah, exactly. So, um, And I, I interchange um, her pronouns because she's like lives mostly as a drag queen and does this really great um, Airbnb experience where you can, like, join Fabian for this drag night where he, like, makes you over and takes you to the gay clubs and you get to skip the line and it's really cool. So that so the article is a little bit about that, a little bit about painting and then a lot about painting um, uh, Mexican, uh, sort of like images of Mexican identity, including food. So mm. the front cover is this really amazing <clears throat> original painting by Fabian of a uh, of a man wearing a luchador mask, kind of like seductively licking a, um, I always forget if it's Elote or Esquite, which one is which?
2: Elote is the whole ear, yeah. and, and then Esquite he, is just the so like he's cut got,
0: off. Yeah, which one is the most phallic, which I think is Elote. So, I Elote. so he's really like, he's really going to town on this. And this is a, an amazing, huge painting that Fabian does by hand. And um, I mean, this and, and a number of other paintings are in here, too, that um, are just are explorations on Mexican identity and, and color and composition. And and uh, he's certainly the the, the best painter i ever met in person, for sure. And I love painting. Um, yeah. And otherwise, we have um, graffiti artists who are who are, who have uh, were commissioned by Mexico City to to paint the um the first government-sanctioned, like, gay-themed art in all of of Mexico, you know? And they painted this amazing piece on this youth institute that's in there. We have um, El Diablo, who's um, a chef at an amazing boutique hotel in Mexico City, but he also um, produces the largest um, Mexican gay porn house in the world. It's called Mecos Films. And, I mean, these people are just, like, finding time to be um, cool. And and then they all, like, go out till 4 in the morning every night anyway. You know, it's like these people are so cool down there and they just have such great taste. So um, that and much more in here. We have a photo essay by Christopher Sherman, who's also, um, you're, you're going to hear his name a lot in the next year, um, where he just photographed um, escorts and people from the street. And um, just like it's a real nice snapshot of Mexican life, I think. So a lot in here, a lot in here to read.
3: Cool. So you you it wasn't your original intention in one way or another to do... Uh, an issue dedicated to yeah, the city.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I just didn't think I had enough context there to really, like, flush it out properly, but all it took was one, and it's my friend um, El Shimi, who's, the, who's a curator at the Toy Museum. And I think, yeah. Oh, forget the Toy Museum. Can business. you tell
2: us a little bit about the Toy <coughs> Museum?
0: I can, and I, you'll have to stop me because I won't shut up about it. It <laughs> is so cool. It's, um, I, I guess you'd call it, an, it's an alternative museum, although it functions exactly like a museum. You know, there's... um. Uh, sort of static exhibitions that are there all the time. It's, a, it's vintage toys, vintage paintings, um, you know, anything from Mexican or Latin American culture that would be considered sort of playful, you know, and they um, they have this really great graffiti roof and graffiti outside, but um, kind of the most important part is that it's it's like a hub for kind of creativity I mean they have um, that's how I found one of the artists who's in there that's Artie and Chiclay these mural artists the first time I saw one of their pieces mm-hmm. was a huge piece inside the toy museum and I, I, I was just staring at it forever and I asked El Shimi who it was and he introduced me to Artie and Chiclay who are um, this this couple who, who exist in the graffiti world sort of against all odds so um, it's just a real champion of um, original art alternative art and um, they have these rotating exhibitions I think when I was there they had this woman who collected, like, every Latin American Barbie for, like, 30 years or something. Wow. And then they had all of them lined up. It was so major. It was so cool. So you have to go. If you're in Mexico City, that's, like, you know, yeah, Anthropology Museum, free to call, of course. But hit the Toy Museum, too.
2: It's been on every list of recommendations everyone has ever given me to Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And I've been to Mexico City a few times now, but I've never made it there, though uh, I've really okay. meant to, though mm. I've told other people to go. And they always go and they're mm. like, oh, my God, what is this place?
0: Oh, totally. Anyone who's listening, email me. I'll, t- I'll connect you with El Shami, who's amazing. And he's he's so cool, too. He's this Japanese guy. His, his family came from Japan a long time ago. And he, mm-hmm. he talks about the diaspora from Japan to Mexico. And There's a lot of Mexican people mm-hmm. living in Mexico. It's amazing.
2: I also, um, a friend of mine runs a few restaurants in Mexico city and his family is also Japanese, oh, but also Japanese by way of California. Oh, funny. So okay. that's a whole other story. Totally. But yeah, really rich and, and, but
0: in the intro, I, I talked about how place. I was like sort of, um, I was sort of like there was propaganda about Mexico growing up when I grew up in Nevada and there was mm-hmm. a lot of, I grew up around a lot of uh, Mexican American people, but I kind of never really knew, how cool Mexico could be, you know? I mean, everyone we talk about Cancun. I watched MTV a lot. Um, Juarez was very dangerous, obviously. Um, um, so I just, I don't know. There was something that never clicked with me until I finally went there a couple of years ago, and I was just like, wait a minute. This is like a, a paradise, you know, or it can be, and I know they have a lot of problems, obviously. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, if I, mean, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I think after New York, it's like my favorite city in the world, Mexico City, so... That's a bold statement. but Okay. you've I traveled know. a lot. Oh, well, you no, know? you don't travel you, <laughs> travel. you know,
3: anyway. Did doing the Mexico City issue allow you to kind of like introduce your content or present it in a little bit of a different way? Like, you know, in some of your, you know, in some of the other previous issues, you may have had like certain type of columns or a certain mm. type of imagery presented in a, in a particular way. Like, how were you inspired by Mexico City to? To maybe do something a little different with mm. this issue.
0: That's a great question because we were, you know, we want to. I think something that Mouthfeel is good at is like fully exploring whatever concept of the issue it is. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't we don't work with like loose themes. Um, I was about to be shady, but
3: um, <laughs> Shady's allowed and cursing. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: so, but we, um, you know, when we were doing the Mexico City issue, we like we wanted to do Mexico City, so we went there. And during the, the gathering process of these stories, we're also gathering imagery too, because mm-hmm. as you know, we're like very, very interested in design and mm-hmm. presentation, obviously. So we, I, I scoured these vintage bookstores and found this amazing collection of vintage, it's a magazine called Paladar. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, you know, it was like a, it was like a gourmet or, a, you know, an old, um, yeah, it was a vintage cookie magazine, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And I bought, I don't know, 50 of them or something. And so a lot of the design and the colors are inspired by those magazines, which is now defunct, but it was a Mexico City-based um, cooking magazine for a long time. And then the same with the pornography. You know, we we like this intersection of vintage food photography and vintage pornography. And, mm-hmm. and we found this amazing trove of um, Mexican gay porn via mm-hmm. our um, good friends at UncleCricky.com. And Uncle Cricky, he's this very cool, eccentric guy who lives in San Francisco. and He does this, he is the, the gateway between vintage photography and vintage magazines into the 21st century. He's so cool. Anyway, his website's crazy and you can buy original prints and vintage magazines of all kinds there. So also check that out. Oh.
3: Uncle Creeky. Uncle Creeky. What are the year parameters for vintage porn?
0: Mm. Good question. Because we,
2: um, or, or is, it, is there, are there <laughs> aesthetic markers? I think it's an yeah. aesthetic marker. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think at one point they got rid of mustaches. I think that was probably like 1987 or something, okay. you know? Okay,
3: and so then anything after mustaches yeah. is... But, I mean, you know, the, we're,
0: we're moving quickly, ladies. Okay, <laughs> check the calendar, okay? It's 2018. And it's like, so something from 1992 is pretty old, you know? And it's it's very vintage, you know? Okay. And it can That's still cool. feel very vintage. I mean... Um,
3: so it's more about a look and feel yeah, as yeah. opposed yeah. to yeah.
0: a exactly. year. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we just, you know, you know when you see it. You know.
2: <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, Yeah, no, definitely. You know. No, come on. <laughs> how has the aesthetic of mouthfeel changed over time? It seems like, mm-hmm. as you said, you really give yourself over to the theme. Mm. Though you've also talked, so um, I love how in past interviews you've talked about how mouthfeel originated and it came from this intersection of gay culture and food culture, but also from your growing up and being influenced by hardcore and punk.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, um, yeah, that was always the original um, aesthetic mission of Mouthfield to make it feel very alternative, you know, and then part of part of that was we were, um, you know, I mean, uh, before Mouthfield came out, I was, I was only really, expo- you know, modern, especially independent magazines had a very similar look and feel, and I think, I don't know what they're up to now, but it was, we call it the kinfolk aesthetic, right? I was going to say. Yeah, it was a kinfolk thing, you know, and they were doing very, like, airy and very washed out, very beautiful photography, and we thought that was cool, but... I, you know, I thought there was room for something different, you know, and this, um, so the original designer and I were very influenced by this sort of, um, world of punk and hardcore that we both grew up in in Nevada and California respectively. And, um, you know, and that, you know, that was, that's like the spirit of, you know, we call it fucked up and photocopied, you know, it's like, and we want to take that template and put it towards the magazine, but also put it towards video, but also put it towards physical culture. You know, like when we have events, we don't right. want, it can't just be this, this thing, it has to be like, Look, it had the the venue looks like it has to be Xerox or something, you know, like it has to just feel fucked up, or else it's like we're just doing the same thing over and over, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. So with the newest issue, um, which was di- designed directed by Ben Towsley, who's sh amazing, he um, <laughs> he he like dipped out of his regular world of designing David Byrne's new album and Fleet Foxes and Grizzly Bear for the last ten years to do this magazine with me because him and I have become good friends over the last year, and so that really shows in this too. It's definitely polished it's a little more refined the content is still very edgy it's this one is uh pushing the limits of pornography we're having a few conversations with the printer <laughs> so it's it's very salacious but we you know we we still consider it art and i think it's art and i think sexuality is art and i think you know um this intersection of food and, and erotica is art too so um you will definitely notice a difference between the first couple issues in this in this one excited to dive yeah, yeah, in yeah i think you'll like it
3: I want to talk about some of your swag. Oh, and what ha- kind of swag? I mean. Yeah, go well, on. I have one of your t-shirts. Uh huh. Which too I love. Nice. Yeah, with
2: Julia. Yeah. On it, the w- Julia Child t-shirt, yeah. limited yes. edition. Yeah, we did yes.
3: that
0: just for Food Book Fair, and when I they were gone, that. they were gone. They went quick. Yeah. That was so cool.
3: And at times, you've also specially packaged your magazines. That's true. And created other swag like buttons and <clears throat> some like smaller postcards I think I saw mm-hmm. and where do where do all of those ideas come from and why you know you make a physical magazine that mm-hmm. people can pick up and why is it important to build on that even more and give people something that they can really you know carry with them mm-hmm. or, or have them have on their jacket or
0: Yeah, I mean, I have this, I have a joke that's like this Venn diagram of, um, you can't see it on the radio, but imagine a very large circle, and it represents everyone in the world, and a really small circle that represents people who've heard of Mouthfeel and then there's an even smaller circle that's people who have bought Mouthfeel the magazine and then the microscopic <laughs> article people who have read it cover to cover which which I don't even know if it includes my mom but she does text me typos that she finds so oh, yeah that's
3: a careful read yeah oh it's a read so yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah she's, she's
0: reading me to filth um, but you know and so we we kind of saw that early on and I thought I realized that people want people are excited about the concept you know we get emails from people who are just like ah a gay food magazine that's like a little fucked up and like a little punky and like erotic like that is me right so even if they don't need to know about the pink mole recipe that's in this issue but there is one and it's good (laughs) you know they they want to like know they want to they want to be connected with the the brand so we we do these you know We print black t-shirts, usually with white on them, you know, just sort of our look and feel of our our audience, I think. Um, uh, posters, we print art that's produced. We're, we're printing prints up. We're working with um, a photographer for this issue named David Graham, who sh- who um, we published some of the photos from his book called The Last Car. Mm. And this is amazing, too, because this is about, his whole photo book is about um, how the last car in every metro it's a, the myth of this um of every metro line in mexico city is meant for men to cruise each other and have sex and meet each other and connect so his photo book is a really neat exploration of sexuality and um and underground culture in mexico city so that's something we also saw on the website you know because it's certainly if it's not exactly mouthfeel it's connected to us through spirit so not feel adjacent it's certainly mouthfeel adjacent you know so yeah, I mean uh, we have a new T-shirt out, um, the Mexico City T-shirt. Oh, snap! <clears throat> I yeah, pull that up. Yeah, pull that up. It's very cool. We have, um, yeah, you'll see it.
2: And that's on mouthfeelmag.com. Mouthfieldmag.com. mouthfeelmag.com. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where else can people find you on social media, etc. And me- stockists uh, yeah. if they're looking for it.
0: We um, we do most of our uh, media production on uh, Instagram, and, and that's at Mouthfeel Magazine. Can't miss it. Uh, we do a few tweets, mostly just asking, like, who's who's gay. You know, like, we just will tweet um, a questionnaire every once in a while. <laughs> and then a lot of Facebook, you know, that's where we control all of our events. And um, we'll have an event in Pittsburgh on May 7th. We just wow. had an event in Mexico City two weeks ago. Um, and then Piquechia and everyone from San Francisco to New Orleans to Berlin over the next couple of months, I think. So um, you can find all that information um, on Facebook. Um, and then we have, you know... Let's get real ladies. We you know the stock is is hard. And this is funny because the um the New York Times article is really good. And what's his name? Munzi
2: from, Nick Muncy from Toothpick Magazine. Okay, he should be like distribution our, sucks. Oh yeah, he should hashtag be hashtag distribution oh, yeah. oh, from sucks t- from oh, Toothpick. Yeah, from toothache. he should yes. be
0: like our our <laughs> Like he should lead in the foodie union. Oh, t- we should unionize. <laughs> by the way, you know
3: he's based on the West Coast, but as soon as uh, he's here in New York, we'll, oh, we have to uh, talk we'll to him on this because show. that that line
0: he had in New York Times, about he said yeah. distribution sucks, printing is expensive, and no one wants to advertise. And I was like, oh, damn, that was like what I was trying to tell Tejil for like an hour. But, <laughs> but he like came through and they like blasted that quote near the end of the article. It was so cool. And it's totally true. I mean, distribution does suck. You know, what I mean, I don't want to charge our stockists, you know, half, almost almost full price for this magazine. You know, I mean, they'll sell them and they do. And we have Archistratus, who we love in Greenpoint. We love Paige. We love Paige. She's so cool. Um, Printed Matter in Manhattan. Um, you know, each issue is different. We don't have regular stockists, so it's, if you are a um, retailer, you're welcome to email us at info at com, and we can talk, we have we finally set it up with our printer that he can start sending directly to retailers so we have Now Serving LA, Great, who I love. They're um, the best. They're so cool. Um, Quentin in Mexico City, Little Coffee Shop. Um, anywhere we can get our grubby little hands in, you know, because we want people to read it, and we want people to know about it, but Um, you know the content speaks for itself we can't sell on Barnes and Noble like some other people right so you know Cool.
2: If yeah. you want it, it's out there. Oh if you Mouthfeel. want it, you can, and have you can it. buy direct at Mouthfeel Mag.
0: Which which is and that's where you get the special little gifts, the little pins, mm. the little little the extra swag. swags. The extra so, swag. Yeah, and yeah. just
2: to, to wrap it up as it's almost time mm. to sort of connect the beginning of our conversation with the end. Um, if you guys follow Mouthfeel on social media, you'll also see all of the gifts, GIFs that Mac makes um, and other <laughs> videos. I've always really loved the song choice when you make your videos, I just watched one of the promo ones for the Mexico City issue set mm. to Fernando Abba. <laughs>
0: okay, this a was... A delight. If I could do one more plug, this, that, was a artistic, uh, that was an artistic choice by my favorite clever right now, which is Ernest, Mr. Ernest, Mr.Ernest.com. He's a videographer. He's amazing. So him and I produced these this series of videos, which you really should see because they're hysterical. And um, again, on a shoestring, you know, I think it cost us like one joint to make. And it, we, we had this great cast come in, We everybody got naked, and we put food on everybody, and filmed it, and sent it to ABBA, and it was like, kind of one of the, my favorite projects we've ever done. So if you're looking for a videographer, Mr. Ernest is your man, and if you're looking for to giggle a little bit, Mouthfeel um, Mag <laughs> to watch these videos. All the ABBA yeah.
3: you can, you can handle. handle. Oh, yeah. I actually have one more quick question for you, Yeah. burning in my brain,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, something that we talk about a lot at food book fair is community mm-hmm. and how do you build that mm-hmm. and you touched on your Mouthfeel live events a little bit a few minutes ago mm-hmm. um i've had the pleasure of attending a coffee grinder mm-hmm. um here one in of New York. the best
2: event names good,
3: that right? we can think of so
2: it was surrounding
3: your coffee issue um yeah and wow, like I could barely get through the door. Oh, that's so um cool. No, really, I really well, like Well, because
0: we had Shake Shack True, sometimes. Shake Shack
3: gave away some burgers <laughs> and that might have had something to do with it, but I don't really Who think... Who we love,
0: by the way, That they're amazing, but...
3: I don't really think... I think that was a great add-on, uh-huh. but how did you manage to cultivate such an active community that mm. will show up?
0: Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I mean, this is New York. If you tell people there's free booze, they'll probably come. <laughs> but... You know, But that one, we made a lot of sales, too. I mean, we had people coming and buying the magazine and buying the T-shirt and wanting to connect with the creators. And, you know, we don't want it to be super you know, fluffy and pretentious. I mean, we're not like these people that people come to meet or something. But I think people like the type of people they're going to see there, you know, because they're not going to be – not everyone's going to be super polished, you know. There's going to be something like half drag, you know, like coming home from a night out or something, you know. So it's going to be like the type of people you see there, we – and we have great friends in really creative fields. Um, Michael Cyril Crichton, he's like one of my favorite actors. He always comes. Marie Bartlett comes. Um, you know, people in bands and people with face tattoos. And, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's cool. I think that's what we want. These are our muses. These people who mm. are supporters of the magazine that, like, live these, like, genuinely alternative lives. So that's, I think that's what people expect when they come through. And I think that makes everybody comfortable
2: cool Yeah. we're so glad you continually connect with each other and that you hold space with these live events and also online and in your print pages well you're too nice and in this shipping container <laughs> at Roberta's yeah,
0: I know it's so cool broadcasting you're, I love being on um, <laughs> I love being on the radio with you guys
3: it's so <laughs> we fun I love it too amazing you're signed up to guest host one time oh that'd be rad
2: <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be we? awesome <laughs> if you guys uh, listening out there have any other suggestions for what we should talk about when Matt guest hosts or who he should bring on don't forget you can find us on iTunes you can find us on Heritage Radio Network.org. And you can also review us on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you pod. So please do that. Tell um, us your feedback and uh, we hope to hear from you.
3: Yeah. And just remember, Heritage Radio Network is a member supported nonprofit. So we need your support to keep our show and all the other ones on the air. So head over to Heritage Radio Network.org, click on that beating heart, become a member,
2: and that's all you need to do. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much, Mac.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: Everybody got this new issue. It's hot. Caliente. (laughs) Bye.
3: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you.
1: Recommended reading is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com forward slash heritage.